0: Well, good morning, everyone. It is uh, interesting to see all your faces here. I feel like we've kind of missed the memo. Uh, this weekend, your beloved Philadelphia Phillies are out visiting the Pittsburgh Pirates in PNC Park in Pittsburgh. And I must say, we are missing out. Uh, I grew up on the other side of the state. My loyalties still remain with those Pittsburgh teams and I thoroughly enjoy PNC Park. Has anyone here been to PNC Park to see a baseball game? Not enough people here. You gotta, you're gonna have to rely upon and trust in these words that it should be something that you go and see, especially if you're a baseball fan. Well, the experience of being in PNC Park is not all of it. The drive into Pittsburgh is also a special thing. So has anyone driven into Pittsburgh through the uh, Fort Pitt tunnels? Okay, there's more hands. There is something about driving through these tunnels. It is a very dark tunnel, like most tunnels are, and as you drive through it, All of a sudden, the city is upon you. You are transported right into the heart of the city. You see all of the architecture of the city. You see the architecture of the bridges. There's water. And to the left, there is PNC Park, the destination that we all want to get to. But this road is a bit complex. Like with most bridges, there is a lot of on-ramps and off-ramps to it and this road has you know one lane on top and the other lane on the bottom so if you don't have a guide with you saying which lane to be in to get into pnc park all of a sudden your gps is going to go a little recalculating (laughs) at just the point in time that you don't want it to be recalculating so if you have somebody that's along with you to help point you in the direction, well, I volunteer <laughs> to help you through these complex times. Well, and, and here's kind of the, uh, on the, on the bottom, we have you're coming out of the tunnel, you're going across, and here in this intersection is where your GPS is going to get a bit confused, and you're wanting to get over to PNC Park. And that's where there's complex. There's there's complexity in your path. And this morning, we're going to be looking at our heart. And all along the way in Proverbs, we are talking about the the wise path, or the path of wisdom. And at times, it can get complex in, in knowing how to follow it. because your complex heart is taking you in different directions. It's as if all of a sudden your heart is trying to constantly be recalculating while you're on this path. All right, let's, let's go ahead and, and pray before I dive into his word. God, I thank you for life. I thank you for the experiences, the joys, pleasures, the pursuits that we get to enjoy. God, they are all a gift from you. God, you are such a good and gracious God. Thank you for not leaving us to, to, to be on our own. As we're going to learn and see, our hearts are not always good and righteous. Sometimes they are in need of direction and guidance. And God, we thank you that you are a God that can restore a heart. Even though it can be complex to us, you see right through it, you can read it, you know exactly what's going on, and we can trust you with our heart. God, help me today as we just go through this content. I love the fact that you are with me, that your words will be able to come through me, and that you are who changes the lives? You're the one that changes hearts. And you are able to use my words. In your name we pray. Amen. Alright, so our passage today is Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. So we'll have it up on the screen and I'll read it for you. And I and I chose to go with the NASB translation, so it's a bit a bit unique. So you you probably didn't bring it today, so I have it up on the screen. (laughs) My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their whole body. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. So we start off in the book of Proverbs, and again, the, the idea is that you have an older man that is being able to speak to his son and offer wisdom for life, direction and guidance, and these words are supposed to help him. So as a good father, he's trying to get your attention. He's saying, give it to me. And he's also saying, incline your ear. It's like when we get down low, and especially for tall people, it's good to connect with our children and get down low and say, all right, let's talk through this. Let's get eye contact. Let's make sure that we're able to listen in. And what we have here, and again, what we're talking about is the heart And the heart is being referenced here. And the heart is a bit of a complex thing. Up on the the screen, we have all these various words that you can find the the Bible talking about and in relationship to the heart. And it's where we can kind of like store or keep all of these things. the heart has a memory it has a will it has emotion you know some of these things it's like okay yeah you know our heart our emotion but when you start getting into the passion and values and our personalities you can see it's a really a deep and complex thing you have the idea that you know you can have good and bad you can have um a good passion you can have bad passions you can have good character you can have bad character you can have good values you can have bad values there's all there's no matter what they are they're all stored in the same place and they're all there and sometimes they're competing with one another sometimes You might have a bad memory of something, of the last time you spoke in public, and the nerves you had, and how your voice kind of cracked at times, and it happens. It happens, and we can all understand, but we also have these desires to to be, to take a step of faith, to be used by God to do something that's kind of outside of the norm, to to try to just to let yourself be used as a tool in God's work. It's, you have to vary that tension of what you want to do and what you don't want to do, <laughs> and what you're good at and what you're not so good at. So our hearts are complex things. Again, if we have something that can go along with us and can be that guide and can help us steer through all of this complexity, we will have a better shot of remaining on this path of wisdom. You know, we, we reference it in church a lot, our hearts, we sing songs. Some of them are just, are so easy to get behind. In other ones, it's, you know, open the eyes of my heart. I don't know about you, but that always has my head scratching of I never knew my eyes my, my heart had eyes, but it's something that we sing. Um, but there's, So there's some things that are confusing, and there's some things that we, we really hold on to. We, we have it in our, our, um, our purpose here. And kind of reading backward, Christianity is a matter of the heart. So it's not something that it is just uh, of the mind and of choices and of intellect there's something that we need to to resonate more with that intellect and mind. We need to engage our heart in it, all of ourselves at the core being engaged in it. And, And that's kind of where that genuineness is encouraged when you're bringing that core, when you're bringing more than just, you know, the small talk of church, but being able to talk about the deeper things and the struggles and the successes, the um, what you're facing, those prayer requests, that genuineness is encouraged here, and that truly does strengthen people. That when we are able to to be um, to be genuine with one another, and again, all of it. We're being transformed by God. And I'm glad to be a part of this congregation where it is this caring pay place where we can bring our strengths and weaknesses and our best attempts. So, again, the heart. But as I said, there is this kind of this mix of there's, there's good and there's this bad with our heart. The Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10 The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. So where we see complexity of the heart, God is able to see right through it and understand our hearts and he is able to see not only just those outward actions he's able to see what is behind those actions and that is where you're you know for some they would we have fear of god knowing what is in our heart we want to try to hide what is in our heart we have adam and eve after they sinned what did they do they went and hide they didn't want to be seen by god But this is where the good news comes into play. And when genuineness is encouraged and that courage to be genuine comes in because it is God who knows us and still chooses to want to be in a relationship with us and chooses to address the sin in our heart and the things that we're trying to hide. It is such good news that we don't have to hide from him. That's where Adam and Eve in the garden maybe didn't have someone there to guide them and say, come on, come on, let's, let's go get this right. Let's go and be with God and bring to him our sin and our, the not-so-right things in our heart. So we circle back. We come back to Proverbs So we're giving His Word our attention, we're listening in, and the idea is that we're not supposed to depart from God's Word. We're, gonna, we're supposed to keep it in our sight, to keep it in the midst of our heart. So this is where the Word of God can't just be a Sunday morning thing. It, is, it's, it's, it needs to be something that's a part of are regular interactions. So if it's verses that are just posted, if it's an email or a text that's being sent to you on a daily basis, do all you can to keep God's word in your in in front of you. You know, take those small little steps of just of reading a verse or or having something in front of you to memorize because this is this is life So we see in verse 22, for for these words, God's words, are life to those who find them and health to their whole body. I know some of us are struggling with long-term illnesses or physical disabilities and health to our whole body. We long to be made right. And I wish at times that God's word would be that health, would just heal us instantaneously just by reading his word and that physical healing. But what God's word does offer is to be able to heal our hearts, to be able to heal our motives. And from there, despite those physical disabilities, we're able to overcome them And to still offer life to people, even despite our mental or physical or emotional disabilities and shortcomings. It is good news that we have some, that all of us, despite whatever situation we're in, are able to give life to those around us. We all have value no matter where we're at. Hmm. So our next verse, we go into Psalms 119, 9 through 11. And again, in this complexity of, of life, in this complexity of our heart, we see that God's word can, how can you, how can a man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word God's word with my whole heart I seek you let me not wander from your commandments i have stirred up stored up your word in my heart that i might not sin against you another thing with just interacting with God's word on a regular basis when it is able to enter into our lives it helps us understand what is right and what is wrong, to be able to understand what is lies that are being told and what is truth. And if, if we just rely upon what's in the news to tell us what's true and what is right, we're not going to be on that path of wisdom. It is not a reliable source of truth. Our news feeds, social or political, or whatever you want it is, isn't the source of truth. It is really the word of God that helps us interpret and understand what is going on in our world today. It does bring life, and to store it up in our heart helps us, guide us along the path. That path, Psalms 119, 105, this was the first verse I memorized as a kid because of Wednesday night Programming, but your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path in that in any of the darkest or craziest or most emotional times, God's word is able to light our path and our path and most of the time it takes us back to him and our need of him and him being our source of our help. So back to, uh, so into the Hebrews 4:12 For the word of God is living and ap- active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of our soul and our our spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Now, I don't have much many swords at home, let alone two-edged swords. I do have some knives, but when I cut up my rotisserie chicken, I have, I've never seen my knife be able to split the soul or spirit of the chicken. It does a hard enough time with the joints of the chicken. But God's Word is able to do that. It is able to get down into the heart of it. And that is such a tool. And I must say... Uh, Christian counselors, definitely a plug for them. Um, How they're able to take God's word and help people wrestle with what it means and and help them apply it in their life situation can be an amazing guide. My favorite thing about a, a Christian counselor is that they go to places that we typically don't go ourselves they are wrestling with things in their own heart. They don't, they don't, they're not the perfect example, but they've interacted with God who is the perfect example and have wrestled with the many things that we try to avoid in our heart. They're diving into it themselves, and they've gone to places place that we haven't gone before. So just like the complexity of those roads in Pittsburgh, and they know which lane to be in, they have fought through and been in that lane and have done that hard work themselves. So when there are issues of the heart that you feel like I need some help to wrestle with this and maybe you don't feel like you have all the answers in God's word, I certainly got to recommend a a Christian counselor to be able to to help guide you through that. It's It's something that I studied myself and even have a master's degree in but to be honest I didn't always do that good work of going to places and, and taking that hand of Jesus through those hard times in my life and that's something where for those that have oh, they are invaluable resources mm. All right, so back to Proverbs now. And uh, here's kind of the, the key verse that, that we have this morning: where to watch your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Now, if you're reading in other translations, particularly the NIV, it said to, above all else, guard your heart. And guarding and watching is kind of used interchangeably. And the idea uh, that we have here is a watch with all watchfulness, a watch with all diligence. And this type of diligence is something that you see a lot with people with uh, food allergies. It's, It's something that you see mothers and fathers, family members, grandparents, looking very deeply in the grocery aisle, seeing what the ingredients are, and being mindful of where those ingredients are processed at. So it's not just the ingredients, but it's the machines and manufacturing plants that are producing the food. So you have the idea of the watchfulness. They are Guarding their children. They're being mindful of what snacks are being provided for them Or they are having a plan in place in advance to be able to pack food For themselves or the family it is a fully engaged thing This isn't just something that you just have this free freedom of just going with the flow of things It is a very mindful thing so the same way, we're supposed to be guarding our hearts. We're supposed to be mindful of what's going to be going in them, what's going to be, uh, what we're going to be interacting with, what it doesn't do well with. And I, I like this word watch because guard, well, I think I've kind of seen too many kind of like instances where we want to guard ourselves, like avoid any of the situations where we're going to have to be genuine or be out of our comfort zone. We tend to want to, you know, if we we guard ourselves, we kind of keep ourselves private. We don't, we're not genuine. And we are trying to be all by ourselves. And that's what I kind of love about this church family is that we Do stick around and we're around each other and we're not trying to hide from one another. I I greatly have enjoyed my time at Hope and the genuineness that has been shared with me and my family. So, again, watch with all watchfulness. And and, and the other thing with this verse in Proverbs is the idea of it flows... um, Watch, with, watch your heart with all the diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. So from your heart is this flow. So this next picture is a spring. It is a spring that I grew up as a little boy in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. This is a spring that my family could go to and fill up jugs of water and would have that fresh spring water. And this spring, I visited it about three years ago. I wanted to see, is it still running? And certainly it is. And as a kid, it's a mesmerizing thing to be around running water. And because like you get told as a kid, OK, turn off the faucet or you know, put away the hose. Well, this spring is a constantly flowing source. And as a kid, I was always drawn to it and wanting to play with it. You know, could you imagine splashing it in it or filling up endless buckets of water? Uh, you could have all sorts of adventures with this. Sadly, it is about three inches from the road, so it's <laughs> not a good place to play. But these are country roads, so you probably don't have a car passing for another 25 minutes. So. It could have worked, but still it was never really allowed by this little toddler. But this idea of a spring of water, it is an abundance, and it's a flowing, it's constantly moving. It's very different than a, you know, when we think about uh, Bible times and having this well and having to, to, to pull up water or it's kind of, looks kind of stale or stagnant or not moving this a spring of water has great value and it is refreshing and it is purified and it is a very much a valued thing so the idea of watching or guarding it cuz you didn't want somebody to try to you know pollute it or take it take possession of it or to block it. It was something that was so valuable you wanted to watch it so carefully. But it is the idea of it It was flowing out of you, just like, you know, our hearts in us are pumping that blood and there's that flow. Very much this imagery of our hearts and this flow of life coming from it. And the idea of water coming out of it and, um, is very similar to the words and the actions that are coming out of our heart. In Luke 6.45, Jesus says, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. In Mark 7.21 so he talks about our words coming from our heart. We also have our actions coming from our heart. And Jesus is addressing some, um, an issue with washing our, wa- the Pharisees wanting to wash their hands versus you know, eating first and adding on to all of these, um, the lifestyles that were supposed to be uh, lived. And Jesus says what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within or out of our heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, myrtle, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. Ooh. Sometimes it's not the best stuff that's coming out of man's heart. And just before we get into thinking, well thankfully that's not coming out of my heart. (laughs) When we look at the next verse, we see that James has us covered that if anyone then knows the good that they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So we look at this list of sins and go like, oh, that's not coming out of our heart. We're not doing those things. But James adds in, well, there's these things that you're doing, but then there's things that you're not doing. And if you're not doing it, It is still sin. And in God's eyes, there's no... All sin has consequence of death. And we all need to be restored through Jesus to have a right relationship with Him. So, even if we feel like, well, our hearts have these words that are not always the best, or these actions that are not always the best, there's just a little bit of impurity in it. Actually, any... Impurity is in vast contrast from God's holiness. And that God's holiness is the standard. But this is where it is such good news that God doesn't just turn his eye to our sin or makes us memorize so much scripture that it makes us pure. No, none of that works. It's all through what Jesus does, did on the cross that we're able to have that righteousness and that purity and the cleanliness that we need before God. So, how do we watch our heart? And Paul Tripp has this uh, these questions that you can work through. So, if you're going to take any kind of pictures today, this slide is kind of a, a good one to to help uh, think of in the future. So, question one: When we're kind of trying to, you know, do some of that either that pre-counseling work with ourselves or just to kind of dive deeper into what just happened there, it's and he kind of lays this out to kind of like help with with parenting and trying to help. With, with, um, with guiding your children, but it's something that I suggest kind of doing it with yourself as well. So the first question, what was going on? So it's almost like your, your journal entry of like being able to explain what was going on in the situation. The next question, what were you thinking when it happened? You know, what were you thinking? It's trying to get at, you know, the heart is always acting. It's always wanting or longing or trying to give worth to something. So trying to identify what what were you thinking? What were you wanting? What were you longing for? Question three, what did you do in response? So it goes after the words and behaviors, so, so often we, we tend to want to say, you know, it was the situation that caused me to respond that way. You know, it was that, that deadline that my boss gave me that made me so mad, so impatient, so angry, and it carried over to when I got home. It was my boss and that deadline that caused me to respond this way, when really it's, what we see, it's really, what's in our heart. It's our heart that is causing us to respond this way. Our heart didn't want this deadline. Our heart didn't want that pressure. Our heart didn't want these controls put on us. So it's our heart trying to push back against them and grab for that control. The next question, why did you do it? What is the mo- motives or goals or purposes behind them? And what was the result? What was the consequences? What was the result or the the harvest from it? So you might be wondering what that little colorful little piece of candy there is. That is a nerd cluster. That is a gummy, sweet gumminess, surrounded by a crunchy, sweet, fruity nerd. Nerd clusters. (laughs) They're a glorious invention. <laughs> when I was, when my kids went trick-or-treating, I got to experience my first Nerds cluster. <laughs> they shared it with me. I don't remember which one it was. It was the glory glory of the Nerds cluster that makes me not remember. <sighs> but after my, my sweet wife got a humongous bag of Nerd clusters to share at VBS. With her, with her group, but then forgot to give them to the group afterwards, so they were home. And when I saw the bag of nerd clusters, I remembered back to that joy of having that first one. So what was going on? This is what was going on. And I am a tall person. My kid's not so tall. I like to hide things up really high where they can't reach. In our kitchen, there is cabinetry, and there are potted plants up above, and that it didn't have any plant in it, so I put the bag of the Nerd <laughs> Clusters in the pot of partially dirt, and now glorious Nerd Clusters, knowing that nobody would know they were up there, and that I would be able to have it myself. So, what were you thinking when it when it happened? Well, I wanted all of them. I I have a way about candy. I like when I ate my nerds, I wanted all the purple ones cuz I wanted the flavor of grape. Then I wanted to eat all the red ones. This is a really a science and you're seeing my heart right now. I'm being genuine and open that I love to separate and have a very orderly thing. And watching somebody just pop it in their mouth, well, well, that's one experience, and I'll have that too. If I have so many of them, I can experience it in all of the, the various <laughs> glories. So I wanted them all to myself. So I was thinking about me, and I hid the candy. And I must say, there are certain times that I watch my kids' eyes look up at the skylights, which caused a reflection at my angle to see the nerds' clusters on top. (laughs) These were things I thought of, and I hoped that they didn't see see me out. My wife knew they were up there. She didn't spill the beans (sighs) that I was hoarding them. And I wasn't feeling so good about them. They, as the result, you know, some things in life are meant to share. And I think it's really the wisdom of God that when you keep something to yourself and you hide something, you care more about hiding it than you are able to actually enjoy it. You had to be very secretive of when you enjoyed it, and you couldn't just say how good they were. So anytime my kids interacted or had a chance to get gummy clusters, it was a bit awkward because I knew we had a lot of them at home, and I was saying no to them in the moment, but I could have given to them at home. So, yes. And I know the joy of being able to give them because eventually God worked on my heart, and I did share one pack with... um, I did share share them with, with Addie... And we did have a moment, and it was the best bag I had because we both got to enjoy how we ate this nerd cluster. I spent way too much time on this, but it is, in all seriousness, as we've seen, hiding and not sharing and thinking of ourselves is sin. And I make light of it, but... It is still stuff that separates us from God. God and his holiness and his righteousness and his goodness, he shares it. He gives it to everyone. And I was not following in the example of our, of our Lord. I kept them to myself. I am in need of a Savior. I do not have the righteousness of Christ. My heart does not, is, is not a healthy heart. It is a complex heart. And I need the work Of Jesus in it. And that's where we do have the power of God to transform our hearts. In Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you and I will remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and to be careful to keep my laws. God can change hearts. What good news it is. It is not this sermon that's going to change any hearts. It is not our efforts to try harder, to memorize more, to, to, to be mindful of what influences we're around. It's really that God that's going to be changing our hearts. And Jesus says in John 20 and John 7:37 through 39, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood out and cried out, "If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water." Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus had not been glorified. We had just completed a series on the Holy Spirit and what how the Holy Spirit is able to move and work in us. And he is able and and, and we have him to be able to rely upon as that guide in those complex journeys and paths that we find ourselves on. He is able to guide our complex heart through this complex path to Him. And to God be the glory. We're going to take some moment and just spend some time praying. And if you haven't found, if you don't feel like you've really been watching your heart, we're going to take some time and reflect and ask God to guide us through that process of guiding your heart. Just to get things started for you, through the rest of this day and this week, of reading upon what is coming, what is flowing from our heart. So with every eye bowed, I'm just going to be praying over you. I'm going to be asking you questions that I asked myself. God, I ask you to put on the mind and the heart of those individuals here that just are coming before you and looking for help to wrestle with what's in their heart. I ask that you bring a situation to their mind that you want them to wrestle with. God, I, I pray that they're able to to wrestle and think through the things that they were doing. What were they trying to achieve in that moment, in that situation? God, help them to have clarity on their motives behind their actions. God, give them the humility and the wisdom and the courage to confess. God. Your mercies are new every morning. Grace abounds from your heart. It flows out of you. Love, compassion, and patience has no bound. There is an abundance of it. It does not stop flowing until the day that you will make all things right. But for now, We have the ability to stand up again to start again to start afresh on the path of wisdom knowing that you are with us and you know that we will stumble yet again and there will be yet another moment where our the complexities of our heart the sin in our heart will have us stumble but you will be there to pick us up again and to pick us up again and to pick us up again and to address the consequences of our sin. What good news that we have. You are never done with us. You never give up on us. You are our God. And what good news that is. Thank you for your word. Thank you for you who you are. And we praise you. And we will continue to praise you. In your heavenly name, amen.